When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. National Hockey League season well underway. And it's our second Monday with our guy, EJ Raddick for the NHL Network. What's up, buddy? How are you, Don? Good. Hockey's on. Goals are being scored. I got a chance to call my first game on Saturday. Didn't go well for the Rangers. But it was yeah. nice to be on the road in Columbus. I tell you what, we might have had this conversation before. And it really hasn't gotten much play because Columbus hasn't been out of the second round. That is a gorgeous arena. The area around it's tremendous. That fan base is very underrated. That's a really cool, non-traditional hockey market that if you haven't been in, if you're listening, get there because it's it, it's a cool it's a cool vibe. Yeah, it's a good experience, and bring your earplugs if there's a lot of goals by the home team because you get a lot of them. They fire that cannon off, and they fired it off a lot the other night, Donnie. I know. So uh, I hope you weren't startled at any point. Well, there's they, they warn you. Like, the engineer will, will warn us, and I had been there before, so I knew. But you still can't prepare yourself because then it happens. Because you know what throws you off is that uh, – here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dispel a myth, Okay. The cannon that's in the lower level at Nationwide Arena, it isn't a real cannon, all right? So what gets fired <laughs> off, the sound doesn't come from the cannon. The sound comes from right above our head out of a speaker. I think they do it on purpose, the out-of-town radio booth. So you'll see the smoke come out, but then the boom is right over your head. So it's a little misleading. So it's a, it's a, it's a little crazy. But Yeah, I didn't know if you knew that. Not a real cannon. Cannonball is yeah. shooting out of the arena on the other side. It would be, it would be bad <laughs> if they fired a real cannon in an indoor arena. Yeah, that would know, probably show me something. the home team scoring and then taking out a half. <laughs> right. Of the I mean, that would be uh, terrible. But uh, you know, we've got we've got an interesting one tonight with this um, Maple Leaf Blue Jay, um, a Blackhawk game because you've got. Everybody's talking about Bedard, and boy, he's really brought a lot of the ratings. Those games that were on ESPN and TNT did a terrific number. People were really curious to see him. And then going up against Austin Matthews, who's just been off the charts, back-to-back hat-tricks to start the season. And it got me to thinking, EJ, I don't know if we've ever had this conversation before, about the greatest American-born player. You could throw out Brian Leach, you could throw out Mike Madano. Uh, Austin Matthews, when it's all said and done, it has to be a part of that conversation if maybe not the answer. Yeah, down the road, I mean, as we move forward, I mean, Patrick Kane is another guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chelios. Um, you know, we, I, I think we definitely have, we've had this conversation over time, but, like, again, Matthews came into the league probably since the last time we might have had it, right? So, yeah. yeah. He's a great, great player, and he's healthy, and he's off to a, a great start. And, uh, I mean, you know, he's the first overall pick, and, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, Bedard, right? I mean, these are the difference makers. I mean, you have to have that first pick, and then you have to have it in a year where one of those guys is available. And the Leafs were lucky to you. They had the first pick. There was a player there that, you know, he's already scored 60 goals in this league. And uh, he's off. He's got six already in two games. So maybe he's got his eye on 70. 
for this year. But, uh, yeah, he's on the list. I mean, I, I would say probably, you know, Patrick Kane might be that guy right now when I think about it, although Brian Leach was great. Chelios was great with the longevity. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, a, there's been a lot of great American board players. And, you know, Jack Eichel is another guy that is really, you know, last year kind of made that turn and has become a great, great player in a little bit of a different way. So, um, luckily, we have a lot of great American-born players that are out there, and it seems like there's more coming, that's for sure. Yeah, and it should be a lot of fun watching that game tonight. Um, Also, how surprised are you, on both sides of it, what Vancouver did to Edmonton and Edmonton allowing it to happen? Well, I'm a little more surprised from the Edmonton standpoint. Um, you know, Vancouver, you know, the last couple of years, each of the last two years, they started with a different coach, right? They started with uh, Travis Green two years ago. He was they had an awful start, relieved of his duties. Bruce Boudreau came in and did a great job and almost got them to the playoffs. Uh, if it hadn't been for some injuries down the stretch, like Bo Horvath got injured down the stretch, they, made, they moved some guys out at the deadline. Uh, I think Tyler Mott was a helpful player for that particular group of Canucks. And, uh, you know, so they just missed. And they start last year. And for whatever reason, I don't know what it was, that Jimmy Rutherford just seemed like he was going to undermine Bruce Boudreau at every turn. I mean, it's, it's pretty well documented. But they started poorly. I thought last year uh, Demko wasn't healthy at the start of the season. J.T. Miller came in after signing a big contract, came in about five pounds overweight. And wasn't you know wasn't the same player that he would be later in the year and what he was the year before. So they had another they blew a bunch of leads. I mean they opened against Edmonton last year, Don, and they had a lead. They had a three nothing lead in the game, and then there was some there was a missed call on a play with with Quinn Hughes. I mean I I just remember watching it just like it was yesterday, and the game turned and they had those bunch of games in a row where they blew leads and the bad start, and then. You know, they eventually, Gary Rutherford eventually moved Bruce Boulder out, although I don't really know why he ever kept him to begin with because he wasn't really in the business of helping him, which made little or no sense. But um, the bottom line is they, you know, Jimmy brought in somebody he did want and Rick Tockett, and uh, they finished the season. They got their goalie back, Demko, for the, for the end of the season last year, and uh, they had a relatively schedule. Now, this year they've made some additions. I think their roster is better. They're forward group has always been good. When you think of Pedersen and and Miller and some of the guys they have up front, they've helped their D a little bit. Demko was healthy, and, you know, they're playing a little bit, uh, you know, they're trying to play a little bit more tighter games. So, you know, they had every, I guess what I'm saying is they had every reason to, to come out and have a good start to the season, and they and they really did. And, and from the Edmonton standpoint, I mean, it's just got to be really disappointing when you're a team that you know, they're, they've said it, Stanley Cup or bust, and got there early and practicing together, game met back in Denton early and getting ready for the year and, you know, just got blown out in the first game. And then the second game, they were not able. You would think they had the advantage in, in the territorial advantage by a wide margin in the game, but they couldn't figure out enough ways to beat Casey to Smith, which I don't think that says a lot for you. And then... You know, they, they end up uh, giving up goals, and they're back with Skinner and Campbell, and we don't really know. Skinner was the better of the two last year, but uh, neither was great in these first couple of games. And it's only two games. Yeah. You know, we got a long ways to go, but but 
it's, uh, you know, you would think that they would have bounced back with a much better performance in game two. And, you know, when I look at their roster, it's the same problems to me. I mean, they're, they're, they don't, they're not, their back and forwards aren't great. Their defense is sketchy and their goaltenders are, you know, inconsistent. So a lot will again fall on. Now, it's only two games, but when you look at the history of teams that have made miracle runs to the Stanley Cup final and lose, it doesn't go well the next year. I don't know if I put Florida in that category because we discussed a lot that Florida is probably a lot better than their regular season representation last year, but they kind of fit the mold of eight seed, make a miracle run, go to the Stanley Cup final, and now they're 0-2 to start the season. Again, it's just two games, but how concerned would you be about the Panthers' start? Well, I would say this. Game one, they should have won. I mean, they just got uh, – it went into Minnesota. They had a, a, a wide – margin advantage in quality. I think they had 16 grade-A chances in that game in Minnesota. They outshot the Wild, and in the end, Gustafson was just lights out good, and, and they got shut out. So, you know, right off the top, they lose a the game they really could have won. Then they go into Winnipeg. It's funny, I saw Florida and Winnipeg play late in the season last year in Florida, and it was kind of a similar game, like wide open, a bunch of goals. This one, I think, ended up 6-4 in the favor of Winnipeg. So, you know, in that game, Florida certainly could have been better defensively. Right. So, you know, the biggest problem, Donnie, is let's face it, they're, they're without Montour and Ekblad. I mean, and also Sam Bennett up front, but, but Montour just emerged last year. That team can just flat-out fly. He's got great edges. He's a one-man breakout in a lot of cases and gets you out of trouble and, and really helps generate offense for them on the rush. So, with him being out for two months and the same with Ekblad and yeah. with Sam Bennett on the sidelines, I mean, it's a little bit of a disadvantage. It's going to be a tough two months without those two defensemen, that's for sure. And they played two games. They usually could have won both. Certainly could have won one of them. Didn't win either. They're against the Devils, uh, you know, in New Jersey here on Monday night. So, you know, it, it, it puts them kind of behind the eight ball a little bit early. We'll see how they make out against the Devils. But, uh, you know, I, I still think, uh, you know, they, any team that has Matthew Kachuk and Barkoff, I mean, those guys, they generate a lot. So we'll, we'll see how things play out this year. I do agree with you. Historically, teams that go on those runs and play for the finals the next year is troublesome, and maybe that will be the case for Florida. But if it is, I think it will be because of the fact that they're missing those two important players on the blue line. And the other team off to a slow start we were hoping to see better of was Buffalo. Uh, the Rangers ran out of the building late in that home opener. Then they go out onto the island, lose a, a tough one, three-two, when the game was, you know, tied late, and Sezikis gets the game winner. But boy, if anybody needed to get off to a good start, it was the uh, Sabers, and they just haven't done that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought they weren't very good in the game, first game against the Rangers. Full marks for the Rangers. I thought the Rangers took advantage and, and really. I think they really owned Buffalo in the neutral zone that game. They turned them over, and, you know, they got a lot of good scoring chances, got the lead early, and just built on it from there. Um, Buffalo's going to – that's going to be the question, really. Uh, you know, is the goaltending going to be good enough? Is Levi going to be good enough? And you have to answer – you have to add to that, are the Buffalo Sabres going to defend well enough in front of this guy to make his life – you know, this is a young guy in his first full NHL season. I mean, you can't – he's not – you don't expect him to be Dominic Hoshik. 
you have to try to make it a little easier for them. So they've got to be better. They've got to tighten up as well. And I think there's, there's certainly room for that within their group. I think that scoring goals really shouldn't be a problem for them, but they've got to tighten it up. They were not very good in the neutral zone against the Rangers and in their own end in game one. The Islanders game, they got behind 2 nothing, and then, uh, you know, they kind of scrambled from there, ended up losing a point. I mean, not, those could end up being big points. I mean, the yeah. Islanders could be, could be two teams tied at the end of the year for a playoff spot. I mean, on the flip side, Ottawa, you know, they won again last night, so they've won two of their first three, lost in Carolina, but then came back with weekend wins over Philly and Tampa. And so that's, that's the kind of start you want if you're, like, you know, in that window of Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo. You want to get off on the right foot and try to build a little cushion. And for Buffalo lose those first two games, is, uh, it's not great, but there's 80 to play. Yeah, there's only four teams that are uh, 0 and 2 you throw Seattle 0 2 and 1 and three of those four teams were playoff teams last year and I, and I think uh, a good portion of them are still going to make the playoffs again uh, next year and the one that didn't Buffalo came within a point of making the playoffs so you, you, listen it's all we got to go by right EJ I mean it's early but I, but I always hate to throw in well it's early because as you said it's so tough to make this playoffs now and when you look at Buffalo that missed by a point you look at Pittsburgh that missed by a point you know you go back to those games in October that you blew a big lead or you or you didn't come out on top and you, you turned the puck over you played sloppy and you don't think of it because hey it's only October and then you look back and it's, boy we came up a point short in April boy we we would love to have that game back. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about Vancouver, right, winning those games against Edmonton. I mean, Vancouver's been missed this the playoffs for a bunch of years here. I mean, that's and re- part of the reason is they've had bad starts. So, I mean, these points are valuable for teams. There's no question about it. Like I said, the Outers beating Buffalo in regulation. I mean, it doesn't sound like much on opening night for the Outers, but as I mentioned, this league is close. These teams are close. Those points could matter for them down the stretch. So the teams that have gotten off to good starts, it's, uh, you know, especially when you watch the games, Donnie, I mean, it's sloppy. There's mistakes. I mean, that's going to happen early in the year. You can find ways to bank points right now. That's great news for your franchise. Yeah, I was talking to Peter Laviolette after the morning skate on Saturday from Columbus, and he made a great point about sports that have turnovers. Obviously, football, we see it all the time. Hockey, basketball, soccer. It's like, that's such a hidden number. That just changes everything. You, know, you can have the best team in the league go up against the worst team in the league, and if the best team turns the puck over, ball over, you know, they're going to they're gonna lose the game. They're just going to. I mean, it's really hard in football. You lose the, the turnover battle plus three, plus four, 80% of the time you're probably going to lose the game. We don't look at it that way in hockey because the turnovers are so quick, but you know, when you end up reading that box score... I wonder what the record is of teams that lose the turnover battle. I bet you it's a losing one. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with you. I mean, I think it's just about execution and making the plays that are in front of you over and over and over and over again in a hockey game, right? In a 60-minute game, those plays, you know, out of the corner, up to the wall, through the middle, out of the zone, breakouts. I mean, they happen repeatedly throughout the game. It's a game that's a frenetic pace, and it's a game of... Uh, you know, constant motion for the most part. So it's just executing those plays and just making simple plays. You know, making making the simple play from A to B to C, which, you know, you go to games sometimes and see guys just trying to do too much. I thought that was the case with Buffalo against the Rangers in their first game. I watched Columbus and Philadelphia in the first game there for Columbus. And, you know, I think they're both cases. I think Buffalo and Columbus, I think their home teams, opening night, 
I think they were both a little over eager and over aggressive in trying to do things, and it, it can, you know, you have to, you have to play with a certain amount of calm in your game, and again, make the simple plays. And when the simple play isn't there, you flip it up, you flip it out, you try to get pucks deep. I mean, I know these are all cliches of you know pucks in and pucks out, but at the end of the day, if you do that for a 60-minute game, you're going you're gonna to win most of the time because you're not going to give the other up to your point about, and to Peter's point about turnovers, you're not going to give the other team those really good scoring opportunities because most of these guys can finish now. I mean, they're around the net. They're going to finish. You give a guy an opportunity in a good scoring area, he's going to finish. You allow a team, by not making a simple play out of the zone, to create, you know, 30, 60, 90 minutes, 90 seconds of offensive zone time, they're going to eventually score. So uh, it's making that simple play over and over and over again that makes the difference. And Vegas just keeps marching along, right? Get off to a great start and after they winning do the that. cup. And <laughs> they, they do that. They do. They do that. You know, three and zero. I, I think I told you when we talked last week. I mean, who knows? The long season, guys get hurt, things happen. They already have a couple of injuries. They're playing without Martinez and Whitecloud on the blue line, and I think they lost Willie Carey just some time after getting in the first game, but. I mean, they do that as well as anybody. They can repeat that simple play over and over and over to the point where, you know, you crack a little bit in the way you defend, and then they make something happen off the rush. And I think it's also time to acknowledge Chandler Stevenson is such a valuable player and and such a really good player in this league. I mean, he's won Stanley Cups now with two different franchises with Washington and Vegas. Nobody ever really talks about Chandler, you know, he's really suited really nicely in a, in a 2C or 3C role. But, boy, he can absolutely fly and he can finish and he's a, he's a great complimentary piece for his wingers and, uh, you know, just such a good fit behind Eichel as the one C there. So, you know, I just, like I said, I, I, I really, I love their team because I just think they're able to do it both. Like, you know, big, strong defense lines. Everybody is kind of in the right spot and, they, and they're just able to play that really strong, hard game, shift after shift mm. after shift. It's just why they're a Stanley Cup champion and part of the reason why they've won their first three games this year. You know, you look at the Rangers, as you said, they got off to the great start against Buffalo. Kind of a weird loss against Columbus. They had a couple of goals disallowed that might have changed the complexion of the game. But give Columbus credit. That's a that's a that, that could be a good team if everybody stays healthy. Line A, Boone Jenner, um, had the hat trick. Uh you you look at some of their younger players. I don't know about their blue line. Rinsky's out again. Uh, their goaltending, though Murs Leakins looked very good, but still, you know, not the greatest of efforts on Saturday. But what I wanted to bring up with you is they had so many block shots against Buffalo. And we go back to the Tortorella days where, you know, that's the way you win games. You want to block shots. But it also can be a little bit dangerous. And then what did you find out? Lingren couldn't play because of a block shot, hurt, hurt his hand, and and he's out of the game. And boy, is that blue line look different when Lingren's out. But you want to block shots, EJ. It becomes a, an important part of winning championships. But boy, sometimes it comes at a price. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, uh, listen, we've seen it over and over again. I guess the defense now, they wear those, uh, the extra kind of hard plastic on the ankles and on the skates, which is helpful. Uh, but yeah, you're throwing yourself in front of pucks. I mean, you're going to get dinged up, even if you could play through it. I mean, you're going to get, you're going to get a lot of nicks. There's no question right. about it. The thing I wonder with Ryan Lindgren is, I mean, he's a guy that can turn it off a lot. And he plays with his heart on his sleeve. He's a battler. We know that. But, you know, 
what do they say? I mean, the best, abil- best ability is availability. And if, uh, you know, hopefully he's going to have, you know, a healthy season and be able to play through most of these things. But he has just been nicked up a lot in his career. And, you know, he plays such a hard game. I think fans really, you know, I know certainly growing up in the New York area, fans always respond to those type of players. And uh, I know the Ranger fans, uh, you know, they feel that way about about Ryan, but, uh, you know, I worry from a standpoint, I mean, because he's such, you're right, they're yeah. different, he's not playing there, and it makes it different for Fox, because Fox is very comfortable when he's on the ice with Lindgren, and it's, you know, it's a challenge when he's not. You know, I was thinking about Kreider. He scores three goals to start the season. He's got 268 as a Ranger. Do you believe that's fifth all-time in Rangers franchise history? 268 goals? He's got, I think, by the time he's all said and done, he's going to be the career leader in goals for the Rangers. He's under contract for a while. He's going to pass Bathgate and Graves this year. Can you see a world that his number 20 could be hanging from the rafters? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, if he ends up, uh, I mean, over 400 goals in his career um, and completes his career as a Ranger, uh yeah, I can see that. Now, obviously, if they win a Stanley Cup, that would certainly help generate even more. Right. Um, you know, another another piece to the to the resume. But I mean, it, listen, there's a lot of water that has to flow under the bridge between now and then. But I mean, he's been a really good New York Ranger. I don't know what else you could say. And I I still think, you know, a couple of years ago before the name Jacob Truba captain, I think he really was auditioning for that role. And, uh, you know, in the end, he did not end up getting the seat. But I think he really wanted to. You know, I don't, you know, it's not going to, you know, it's hard for me to, to, to you know, tell you what, what's in his brain. But I, I think he really would. I just watched him and the way that he led by example in that season. And I thought he really auditioned for it and didn't get it. But he's still been a, a terrific New York Ranger thus far. Listen, if he hit sparks, I think it's certainly something that, the franchise would have to consider. Yeah, uh, it, it's just I, I was thinking about it because I, I, you look up there and all the guys that are ahead of him in goals scored have their number retired. And he's played in two yeah. Stanley Cup final. So I guess it is possible. A lot has to happen, obviously, in his career. He's only one of three players to score 50 goals as a Ranger. I just don't know if he gets kind of the credit he deserves within the history of that organization and what he's done. He's the only one, he's the, he's the longest tenured guy now that Lundquist is gone. It's pretty amazing what he's been able to accomplish. And, and, and whether it whether I'm exaggerating or not, it does feel like sometimes it flies under the radar just how good this guy and consistent this guy has been. I think, you know, maybe it flies under the radar because of the fact he is such a, a unique athlete. And in the past, what I used to say about him was, you know, the peaks were high and the the valleys were long because he could be really good for a stretch and then he could kind of disappear, at least from a production standpoint. Yeah. But in the last couple of years, that has changed, right? I mean, the, the year he had the 50 goals, I mean, that was certainly, there are not very many valleys in the 50-goal season. And he had another good season last year. And so I think he's just been getting better. He's refining an area like he's so good at, the, at, at that net front role and deflecting pot. And like I said, he's a unique athlete. I mean, I can remember going back, I'm sure you've seen it numerous times, of just him from a standing position jumping out of a swimming pool and landing on his feet. I mean, that's not something a lot of people can do. No. 
Oh, he's a unique athlete. I think people have always expected more from him because of that, and I think uh, over the last couple of years he's been delivering on that. And we'll just see. I mean, I don't see any reasons. You know, he's, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. He doesn't seem like he's slowing down at this stage. So I would say, uh, you know, he's got a probably, I think, I would say four or five more years of pretty close to peak production. And even then, after that, it's guys who are good net front guys and have that kind of size. I mean, they could, their careers can extend even further than that. Yeah. 88 of his 268 goals have come in the last two seasons. So um, that that's what wow. he's been able to uh, to accomplish, and I think it uh, it's just going to continue to get even better. EJ, thanks for giving us a couple of minutes, man. Let's try this again next Monday. All right, you got it, my friend. All right, enjoy it. That's EJ. Watch him on the NHL Network. Does a great job. After uh, NHL Now, he's always there recapping all the games that are going on uh, during the course of the evening. So check him out. He'll be doing the World Juniors this year. He does some select uh, NHL games on the NHL Network as well. And he joins us here every Monday on the Game Misconduct Podcast. All right, five games tonight. I think all of them are kind of interesting. Uh, Blue Jackets trying to make it two in a row. They're home against the Detroit Red Wings, who are 1-1 one and one on the season. Boone Jenner with a natural hat trick back on Saturday. Uh, Devils and the Panthers. We talked about Florida's slow start. Devils, three points in their first four uh, as they lost um, that game against the uh, Coyotes in the second of back-to-backs after beating Detroit. Kind of blew a lead in that one, too. So it'll be interesting as the Devils starting at home, trying to gather some points, use two goals, both of them coming in the opener. Coyotes, they win that game. They play their second. They're starting on the East Coast. They'll take on the Rangers 1-1 after that loss on Saturday against Columbus. And we talked about the Maple Leafs and the Blackhawks getting a chance to see Bedard versus Matthews. Matthews back-to-back hat tricks to start the season. Toronto's just been amazing. They came back from that 5-3 deficit against Montreal on opening night. Last Wednesday, put up a touchdown against Minnesota on Saturday. That should be fun. Capitals getting um, shut out in their opener against Pittsburgh. They'll be playing host to the Calgary Flames tonight. Alexander Ovechkin, of course, all eyes on him. 72 goals away from the great Wayne Gretzky. So a chance to carve into that tonight. All right. So you want to get in touch with me at Don LaGreca. Hashtag Game Misconduct is always the best way to do that. Um, we'll be back again on Wednesday. Recap all the games from Monday and Tuesday. Preview the rest of the uh, week as well as we here early in the season. Going to continue to try to stay on track for Monday, Wednesday, and Friday podcasts. So again, get in touch with me at Don LaGreca. Hashtag Game Misconduct. Make sure you put the hashtag in there so I can sift through it. We'll be really um, social media driven on Wednesdays and Fridays and have EJ uh, coming up every Monday as well. So thanks for joining us back with you again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.